Hi everyone, I'm Stephanie Bowne and welcome to The Culture Catalyst, a podcast for leaders to embed the systems that create high-performance teams. I'm obsessed with the collective capacity for all humans to come together in small groups and make a difference. As a performance coach and author, I bring together a potent mix of positive psychology, neuroscience and organisation dynamics to help modern leaders create workplaces where people thrive. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Culture Catalyst and today I'm going to be talking about defining company values and behaviours. If your purpose describes why you exist and how you're unique, what you do, your values capture how you behave in the pursuit of your mission. Values are essential to business, they're an essential moral compass to the way that teams behave together. They define what's important, what's valuable or considered a value. They're our social contract. And when lived authentically, they create the EX or the employee experience. But here's the trick with values. They can't actually be seen. We learn from each other what our values are by observing and experiencing the behaviours, the attitudes, the responses and the practices that naturally arise through our interactions with others. So why bother do we defining them? Values call to your people, your future employees, your current employees, your customers, your stakeholders. Defining and communicating your values or your company values is a call to getting the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus and the right people in the right seats. Let's listen to an excerpt from my book, Who's On Your Bus? This reading is from Purpose, Passion and Performance by Stephanie Bowne, how systems for leadership, culture and strategy drive the three P's of high-performing organisations. When making important decisions about who to hire and who to keep on the bus, I like to use the analogy shared by Jim Collins about asking yourself this question. If you were at the bottom of Mount Everest, who would you place your absolute trust and faith in to join you on that journey to the top? Of course, physical fitness would be a given. But say you had a group from whom to select who all passed the physical tests. What would you base your decisions on then? You'd choose those most resilient, those who put the needs of others ahead of their own, those who are strategic, organised and planned, those who are patient, kind and resourceful, those who are able to manage themselves and those who talk about your mission with the same level of passion and drive as you. You'd choose people who demonstrate through their behaviour your values for persistence, endurance, courage, achievement, empathy, and above all, leadership. In his book, Traction, Gino Wickman uses a simple tool he calls the people analyzer to assess whether you have the right people on the bus. He suggests listing your people's names in a column down the left and your core values in the row across the top then rate each person according to his or her demonstration of those values. Give them one of three ratings. Plus, she or he exhibits that core value most of the time. Plus slash minus, she or he exhibits that core value sometimes. Minus, she or he doesn't exhibit that core value most of the time. This is just one tool you can use to support the most important decisions you need to make as an employer or leader. A tool such as this could be used as part of formal reviews 
or when having behaviour conversations outlined in Chapter 6. By hiring and keeping people who share the same core values, you maintain a solid base from which to climb the mountain, whatever that mountain represents in your context. This reading was from Purpose, Passion and Performance, awarded Top 3 Leadership Books in Australia in 2001. So who do you want to climb your Mount Everest with? We fundamentally want to work with the people who we align with, who share a system of values and beliefs that provide a lens through which we view the world. We want to work with people who are similar to us in that regard, not necessarily similar to us in terms of external characteristics like gender or age or cultural background. The people that we enjoy working with the most are the ones who share our fundamental values and beliefs and who agree that we stand for something. The way we work together in the achievement of a goal is aligned with what we all believe is important in the way that we work together that's actually going to deliver value for the organisation or the team or the spirit or the opportunity that we're working together on. So how can we actually fundamentally bring a value system into an organisation and put them to good use, to build them into the way that we operate? Well, there's three things I'd like to talk about here. One is to define your values, you first need to discover them. So that's the first point I want to talk to. Your values aren't things you're making up when you get a group of people together. They actually already exist. They're fundamentally already there. What our job is when we're defining a set of group values or organizational values is actually just discovering them. More often than not, a value system in an organization is an extension of the founder's values or the original entrepreneur's values who founded the company. That individual has brought an ethos to the way the organisation works. And of course, over time, as more people join, that value system starts to take a little bit more depth and breadth. What we want to do if we're actually going to embark upon a process of defining what our company is about and our values and how we operate, what we want to do is adopt a inquiry process. And a really great inquiry process is a positive psychology approach known as appreciative inquiry or the original AI, if you like. Now, David Cooper Ryder was a researcher and practitioner who brought the appreciative inquiry process to us. But essentially, it's four stages. It's discover, dream, design, and destiny. So he calls them the four Ds. And an appreciative inquiry process when looking at values is a really great process. Discover what's fundamentally there. Dream what good really looks like. Design a system that allows us to launch pad off what's there to achieve the outcome. And then determine our destiny by creating some actionable items around that. So I worked with a hospitality group based out of Melbourne, originally founded by Shannon Bennett called VU Group. Now, VU Group was an establishment of a multiple, of a number of different hospitality experiences and venues. And VU Group really was an extension of Chef Bennett's ideology around food and the experience of customers. And what he wanted to do was essentially, as he leaned into an equity event, try to systematize the way he was building and creating these great experiences for customers. So we decided to really fundamentally discover what were the values that were driving these great activities and these great outcomes for his hospitality group. 
So we embarked upon an AI process to discover what was there by asking teams of people to come together and share stories of themselves at their best and then essentially look at what are the root causes for these stories, what sits underneath these great moments in our business history that's driving that. And they came up with ideas like family and excellence and innovation and they discovered that those values are behind their success. So if you're going to define your values, discover them. The second point I'd like to make about values and behaviours and how to use them is actually make them usable. Turn values into behavioural statements. And what do I mean by that? I mean that what we need to do is articulate what a value looks like when we're actually living it. So let's say there's a value of excellence in your organisation. Living it might mean owning up to mistakes, learning from failures, sharing knowledge openly, encouraging and rewarding great outcomes, noticing what works and commenting on it, appreciating people verbally and openly, setting a high benchmark, setting clear goals. All of these things are ways that we achieve excellence in organisations and they're observable things. They're actually observable and measurable because we can see them. So it really helps a team and an organisation understand what we mean by words like excellence, words like trust, words like respect, words like fun. What do we mean when we say those things? And when I worked at Swiss, what we had was what it is and what it isn't. So we actually listed for the four P's values, uh, people, principles, passion and profit, what were the three or four behaviours that were examples of living these? And what were the three or four behaviours that were not these things? So gossiping behind each other's backs, not supporting our teammates, things like that were listed as not behaviours. And what those behavioural statements made was possible for managers to have performance conversations about behaviour. So when it came to formal performance review time, or actually addressing day-to-day behaviours in the workplace, we had a code of examples of what this looked like and what this wasn't. And it gave managers and leaders the power to actually have conversations about behaviour and as well as conversations about performance, what people were working on. And those two things were just as important. It's not just what we do, it's how we do it. But having a behavioural code gave people the, the support to have those conversations. If you'd like to participate in a free online learning event for CEOs, founders or people and culture executives, go to my website stephaniebound.com forward slash events for more information and to secure your spot. This year we have a program of events on how to create alignment, transform culture or inspire high performance. I look forward to seeing you there. And the third thing I'd like to say about values is a lot of companies do a great job of articulating them really well. They use interesting language around them. They define what they look like, what they potentially aren't. But then they stop at that and they don't think about how do we actually thread these values into our habits and practices about the way that we do business. So there's lots of things that business can do to thread values into practice. Include values questions in your recruitment interview process. You know, do you have a behavioural interview as well as a skills interview when it comes to recruitment? So start asking questions about what's important to people, what they fundamentally believe creates teamwork in an environment. 
examples of where they've done those things helps drive and attract and retain and actually bring the right people into the business that share values. Include values conversations in induction sessions. So talk about what our values are, how we live them, where the examples of these things are, why these things are important. Share stories at induction. So people actually get the signal right up front that we are about not just our business results, but we are also about our culture and how we live our culture. Include values and behaviours conversations in performance reviews. So actually ask managers and team members to have a chat about whether or not we're actually demonstrating these in the way that we're working together. Have values rewards. So I often see employee of the month awards being attributed to real culture bearers, culture champions, people who are putting a lot of time and effort into creating a great environment for people to work in. So rewarding that behaviour Um, as separate to an actual performance outcome. Values teams. So a really great business I'm working with in Byron called A1 Estimates, they've adopted house colours, like private school house colours as values. So there's teams in the business and each, you know, there's three different values in that business and there's three different houses, if you like, and they run internal fun competitions around health and wellbeing and social events and whatnot. And they're all part of a house. And I thought that's a brilliant idea of bringing values to life. So values teams in a business. Values in job descriptions. Are you actually putting them in the job description and asking people that this is just as important as what you deliver? Values in decision making. So when I worked at Nous Group, we would often look at possible projects that we would pitch for. And the very last question we would ask ourselves about whether or not we'd go for this opportunity was, does it help us live our values? And sometimes we'd get to the end of the decision-making process, ask ourselves that question, and then go, do you know what? No, it doesn't. So we're not going to put our efforts and resources into that project because it's not an opportunity for us to really live our values as an organisation. So I did see NAUS go through moments of making key decisions against values and, and that, that was really inspirational. Values referenced when leaders talk. So if a leader stands up to run a town hall, an executive team member, or just a team leader, are you actually referencing the values? So a really great example is where I've seen where a CEO, always a first slide of any presentation deck that she delivers is about the values and she actually stops and she talks about an example of where the business has lived that in the last period, the last month, the last quarter. So right up front, values are important and discussed every time a leader speaks to the organisation. So there's really a lot of ways we can thread values into practice. And when we do these things, what we're actually doing is being authentic. We're saying this is what drives success, but not only that, we're actually systematising the way we help these values continue to drive long-term success helping us prevent short-termism and thinking about results at the cost of things like culture and people and customer value. So if you're going to think about bringing values into your organisation, first of all, define them. Are they defined? Do you have them clearly stated? And do they actually reflect the truth of what drives value in your organisation? Make them usable. So turn them into behavioural statements so that your managers and leaders have a code to hold people accountable to those values and themselves, of course, and then thread them into practice. Think about ways you can systematize the way you use values to continue to make good decisions in your business. Thanks for listening to The Culture Catalyst. 
If you've enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe and feel free to leave a review. And if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. And if you want to send your thoughts or questions for me to explore in a future episode, please direct message me on LinkedIn or email me at stephanie at stephaniebown.com. So what will be your catalyst for change today? I'm Stephanie Bown. See you next time on The Culture Catalyst.